You're listening to the Tennis.com Podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey everyone, welcome again to Tennis.com Podcast. I'm Ed McGrogan, and here to introduce uh, a new person to the podcast, this is Justin DeFelice Antonio. I got that I got that right. How you doing, Ed? Hey, yep. Doing good. That's correct. So yeah, so this is the uh, slightly different podcast than normal. Uh, this is the first gear only podcast uh we're doing a lot with uh the gear section of our site in the coming uh in the coming days and this is one part of it here so i want to get justin on he's our gear editor to talk a little about really the process that goes into uh, the reviews of the rackets which is really the one of the biggest parts of, of what we do here and uh really just kind of introduce yourself as well since i don't um, since you're a recent addition to the team here. So um, if you want to just mention a little about yourself, really, and about your tennis background, since it's pretty extensive playing, teaching, et cetera. So I'll just hand it over to you for just a bit. All right. Well, first of all, I, I come from a tennis family. My, uh, my father is a teaching professional in southwest Georgia at a resort called Callaway Gardens. So I, I started playing at a very young age. Uh, don't even remember starting to play yeah around three or so and uh played throughout you know primary school and high school and the usta tournaments mostly in the south uh went on to swarthmore college played on the college team there and studied english literature and while i was in college i taught a lot of summers uh with my father actually yeah <laughs> and um ended up here yeah uh, one other fellow Swarthmore alum, also we should mention, is Steve Tigner. Steve Tigner, yes, yeah. usual participant of the podcast. So, so they both uh, both have that in common here, and um, known as Tigs at Swarthmore. Yeah, I, I was unaware. Yeah, yeah. we did, we didn't get that up at Geneseo actually. So, um, how'd you how'd you do in uh, in with the team? Like, what was your best year there, or the team's best year? Uh, I I think when I was there, the team's best year was my freshman year. So 2006, yeah. we went to the, the national tournament and got to the third round. Yeah. Got beaten by, by Emory. Division three. Division three. Yeah. yeah. All right. And um, and so you saw, obviously, played with plenty of rackets that time. I guess that's kind of where it brings us to about the, really, you know, what you're here for, for lack of a better word, is uh, your expertise on gear. So, um, just kind of what what really interests you in in new gear, old gear? Really, you know, what's the what's kind of the appeal to you about racket shoes and really tennis technology overall? Well, I, I mean, gear, rackets particularly. Those always, they, I mean, they've always appealed to me. Uh, ever since I was twelve or so, I mean, I remember. Being very particular about the type of string I used, I used to uh, used to put electric tape around the, the tip of my frame. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to make sure that that it was in good working order. Right. Um, it's just there's so many parameters that goes that goes into to making a tennis racket feel and play the way it does. I mean, is the you know the beam width, the length, the weight, the swing weight, the balance, the materials, and then you change the, the string and the tension. I mean, it's 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 equal parts art. And science, um, and so subjective, and I and I think that makes it interesting. Yeah, what's when you actually bring up one term that I know a lot of people, especially um, 
their listening really have read about a lot when it comes to rackets that's swing weights and it's really a common question that doesn't ever seem to get answered fully or people swing yeah. yeah people <laughs> just or i mean it's even you know some of it's just not very easily grasped and i know you've written about it before um for the blog on the site and i it's it's obviously referred to a lot uh, in some of the reviews so just if you could just give a quick little primer on what swing weight really is and how it's determine and just what it all means uh well swing weight pretty much takes into account two variables how much the racket weighs you know it's its total mass and also the the distribution of that mass throughout the frame you know it's more the weight toward the handle is it is it more toward the tip of the racket and by using a, a fancy machine called an, a racket diagnostic center the most the most well known being the the babylon rdc uh it, it gives you a sense of, of how heavy the racket feels when you swing it through the air. Mm-hmm, right. I think the I think the physics term is is motion. What is it? Moment of inertia. I'm not quite you sure. Take about your that, word but, for it. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but um. But yeah, it's it, it's just a term I know that really always kind of gets bandied around and everything. And um, and it, it's definitely one part I think of of really overall how the how we view the rackets, even if we don't really know it ourselves, but we, we feel that, you know, that swing weight as we're swinging. And I certainly did when, you know, when you and I were testing and and, and all, and that's what I kind of want to get into next is really just um, the process by which um, you decided to test these rackets on, you know, what parameters really were, were being examined. And, you know, I know that you and I hit a few times at a few different clubs, um, you know, one thing that we that I, I think was a good idea was really just to kind of at certain points focus only on one particular stroke. We were doing um, a lot of cross courts exclusively forehands, exclusively backhands, and really kind of getting into a pattern um, as to how we um, how we decided to really test all the records, try to keep it pretty uniform. That's what I um, you know remember from from the testing, and and it it did become pretty apparent once you're hitting a shot you know, repeatedly so many times after another, whether the frame is really, you know, really helped out your game or really was something that you weren't very comfortable with at all. So um, maybe just what kind of one to your mind as you were developing um, really the testing process and just, you know, anything you can think of about, how, you know, how this all went and what you discovered along the way. Well, I mean, first of all, let's point out that this is a, this is a very subjective process. Yeah. I mean, there's. Uh, I mean, you can take a racket and and put it through a series of tests in a laboratory setting. You know, put it in a machine that determines its swing weight. You know, weigh it and see what the balance is and try to deduce. You know, is a heavy racket good for X type of player? Is a light racket good for Y type of player? But the point of our of our experimentation was. Uh, I mean, it's, it was meant to be subjective. I mean, if you're like Ed, if you're you're a three five player who who likes to stay on the baseline and it's like spin and plays a two-handed backhand you know what which rackets appeal to your your sensibilities and so matching up playing types and playing styles and ability levels with uh you know types of rackets i think that's that was basically the right the aim of our of our review yeah how and you your specs as a player since we were bringing that out what do you Uh, Well, they've they've changed someone over the years. Throughout college, I used the uh, 
the Wilson six one ninety five, mm-hmm. as many college players do. It's yeah, a, the pro staff six one ninety five. It's it's a pretty headlight racket, uh, relatively heavy. You know, above above twelve ounces. With a with a you know not not a thin beam, but not a not a thick beam either. But this this time around, I really I really enjoyed hitting with the uh, the new Prince Rebel ninety five that's coming out. It's a little more a little more forgiving than uh, the six one I used throughout college. Uh, pretty much the same same balance, five or six points headlight, but slightly slightly lighter and yeah. easier to swing through the air. Yeah. So just shy of of twelve ounces. Yeah. Is there anything else that you came across over over this year's um, you know testing that that um, you know down the road um, is something you you know you, this is obviously your first year doing all the all the rack testing and just something that maybe you discovered you know while testing that you really didn't think about beforehand or just just kind of something that really became apparent as this went on because you did test rackets and and we'll mention the clubs that really were very great help to us doing this. Um, it was an extensive number of rackets, quite a few different environments, um, you know, different courts, et cetera. So anything else you can maybe add about really how this all, how this all went. And this was about like a, um, you know, a month long type of process, I yeah. would say. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I, I think I came into the process pretty skeptical actually. Um, you know, growing up, I, I just use Wilson rackets and I figured, you know, it's the player, not the racket that makes that makes a game. Mm-hmm. And so I, I mean I assume coming in that there really wouldn't be that much of a difference, you know, between rackets of, of similar similar constructions and head sizes. And I was I was very surprised uh how differently rackets that that were nominally the same, you know, the same weight, the same balance, the same uh, you know, construction beam width how differently they played. Right. Uh, I'm not really sure how to account for those differences. You'd have to, you have to go, I guess, compare the manufacturing practices and you know, go to the factory and see how the rackets are made. Right. But uh, I mean, a, a racket can make a really big difference between, uh, especially if you're, you know, you're like a, you really, you have really close matches with with a close friend. You use a different racket, you might come out on top right yeah. <laughs> a little more than than usual yeah it's it's what we kind of hope for really when, when you're buying them so um you did want to make mention of course of um some of the clubs that were very generous to us help us out with court time which is never an easy thing to um obtain here in new york city so um just wanted to especially thank um courtside racket club in lebanon new jersey midtown tennis club in manhattan city view racket club in queens um, the Dick Savitt Tennis Center at Columbia University and Courtsense Tennis Training Center in Tenafly, New Jersey. And also um, want to mention Grand Central Racket, which is a pro shop um, right, in, um, right in Manhattan as well for a lot of their technical assistance as well. Um, so again, to all those, um, thank you again for that. And um, any final words, I guess? I'm, I'm not, I do want to keep... Uh, Keep the the gear podcast, you know. The gear podcast. What's 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 you know make it at least at least an annual event, but I think we can do a little more. We do have as well, obviously. Um, shoe reviews. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So there is a lot, you know. There is a lot as well beyond the rackets, of course. But um, any parting parting words? 
Uh, force equals mass times acceleration. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, like I said, there is a lot going on on um, on gear right now on tennis.com, and you'll see a lot of that, um, especially in the coming days. So just want to thank Justin for coming. This is a little more interview, I guess, than, than the normal podcast, but I wanted to introduce him, um, welcome him to the podcasting world that we uh, – We've been on plenty of times here. So once again, thanks for listening. Uh, For Justin DeFelice-Antonio, I am Ed McGrogan, Tennis.com Podcast. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.